This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 87. Sean Michael Andrews on Hypnotic Lessons Learned. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It's Jason Lynette, and if you're not in the United States, Happy November 24th. Still worth celebrating. You know, here in the U.S., we're uh, celebrating Thanksgiving Day today. I'm actually recording this a week in advance as I'm about to take a little bit of time off around the holiday to spend time with friends and family, as you're about to hear mentioned, towards the end of this program here. And I'd comfortably share that it's a time where any time we can find to reflect upon what our successes have been, as well as, we'll phrase it positively, what our lessons learned have become. And you're going to hear that as a theme as I reached out to Sean Michael Andrews to join me on this podcast session, thereby earning the title of being the first time ever that someone was a second-time guest. It took 87 recordings to finally repeat somebody, and very proud that it's Sean. I had rewind the story back that it's many years ago, almost about 10 years ago, that I was the, I was the self-study hypnotist. I was reading all sorts of books and purchasing all sorts of DVD courses and audio programs, and I was working a full-time job at the time and recognizing that I needed a little bit more structure. And it's the, it's the benefit of locality that I reached out to whoever was the closest to me and it turned out to be the wonderful benefit that I got to train with one of the best people that's out there, as it was only a 10-mile trip down the road to train at the Glen Burnie Hampton Inn to be there with Sean for a series of days for the certification class. And it, over the years, becoming friends, becoming peers with each other, and it's why I'm so excited the two of us uh, are doing a class together coming up in Las Vegas March 13th to March 18th. That's a Monday to Saturday. We're calling it the Master Hypnotist Course. It's an opportunity to be trained and certified as a Master Hypnotist. And for those that are also seeking certification with the National Guild of Hypnotists, you can also get that NGH certification through that training as well. Check that out online, masterhypnotistcourse.com. If you haven't been there, you really got to watch the videos on that website. We, we did those videos in a rather interesting format. You'll hear the story of as well. So I'd reference that as hypnotists, there's a period of time before I really begin to build out the, let's call it, digital empire that I run nowadays with Work Smart Hypnosis. There's this podcast that you're interacting with. There's my training programs, whether it's hypnotic workers or hypnotic business systems. In the next couple of weeks, we're about to release the Upping Your Vibe product featuring Joanna Cameron training both stage hypnosis as well as energy work-based hypnotherapy. It's fascinating stuff that you've really got to see. Uh, stay tuned to your emails for that one. That, you know, this digital empire, before that, I was doing a lot more guest trainings in the local area. And it was uncanny the number of times that I would host something and somebody would say, oh, I've already trained in parts therapy before. I don't need to take that class with Roy Hunter. To which I would be the one on the opposite side of that going, two days of parts therapy? Oh boy, sign me up. You know, it, it's that passion towards learning. It's that passion towards discovering new information. But at the same time, it's that discovery that 
we always can learn something new. And what you're about to listen to as I propose this uh, topic to Sean, and you're about to hear the full conversation of it, is that really some of the best lessons we've learned have come from working with clients. So moments where we can respectfully make fun of ourselves after the fact, moments where we've learned a better way to address it, moments where you know, we, we can challenge the things we used to passionately, passionately support. And to use my favorite phrase that comes from any good infomercial, there's got to be a better way. So you'll hear that, you know, Sean and I are both people that make use of hypnotic age regression. Yet you may be surprised to hear the percentage of clients that we actually end up using that process with. Sean is known as the world's fastest hypnotist, yet I'm sure there's clients he doesn't do instant inductions on. I use them very frequently, but they're not a match with everybody. And he and I are also both people that chances are you're a client, you're in our session for the first time. Odds are pretty good that you're going to get a Dave Elman induction, yet there's going to be moments where that's not the appropriate choice. So it's as we define hypnosis as a state of heightened suggestibility, as I rebrand it to be heightened receptivity in the mind, that at any point in our careers, and yes, I accidentally call Sean an old man in this program, but as we're, as we're going through our careers, the opportunities to learn what we don't yet know or to learn, as I like to say, there's got to be a better way. To get more just like this, join us in Las Vegas. The class is coming up Monday, March 13th to Saturday, March 18th. It's called the Master Hypnotist Course, six days of accelerated advanced training. Whether you are brand new to hypnosis, whether you're already trained, yet lacking the confidence you really, really need to jump in and really start to make a living and really start to see clients and help them get the results. That's what this class is all designed to help you do. I did not run this by Sean, though I'm sure it's perfectly okay. And of course, now that I say it, I've got to stick around here at the office and program the damn thing I'm about to mention to you. But as a thank you for interacting with this program as you register for the Master Hypnotist course, type in the promo code THANKSGIVING. So like the holiday, Thanksgiving, make sure it's in all caps. The system can sometimes be a little finicky about that. So as you're checking up out, as you're registering for the Master Hypnotist course, type in the promo code THANKSGIVING, all one word, all in caps. That'll knock 10% off your registration. So let's jump right in. This is session number 87, Sean Michael Andrews on Hypnotic Lessons Learned. So I do have to congratulate you that basically 87 sessions in, you are officially the first repeat guest on the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast. Whoa. Yeah. I am honored. So I know you've got your whole hypnotist of the year, educator of the year, but this is the one that needs to go up on the on the placard on the wall. I just need to figure out how I'm going to phrase this on my... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Although still, even to this day, as I even go to various hypnosis conventions, there's the, still the conversation of, well, what's a podcast? Yeah. Ooh, really? Yeah. So I know luckily the people listening to this now are not on that side of the conversation, but good, good to have you here once again. And uh, as this is actually going to be releasing on Thanksgiving Day here in the U.S., I kind of want to just connect with you on the theme of, let's call it best lessons learned in hypnosis. And, uh, you know, maybe things we've learned from trainings, maybe things we've learned through the, the school of hard knocks, being out there doing the sessions and, you know, learning from our clients, the things that occur. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd share something that comes to mind immediately was something that I'm proudly ashamed of still to this day <laughs> that, you know, I used to live in this area as well. And I, I'm driving into my office park a couple of years ago and it's a, you, you've been here. It's a pretty small office park. Mm-hmm. I'm in the very back. And as I drive in, the local power company is Dominion Power. And there's at least seven or eight trucks okay. completely packed into my office park. And as I'm driving in, just the thought is there immediately. I know I'm not going to have power today. <laughs> and as I get into the office, sure enough, no power. It's a day like today. It's like 60 degrees outside. It's nice enough that we don't need right. the air conditioning. But I actually call up my first client and say to him, hey, there's no power at the office. Why don't we go ahead and reschedule? Mm-hmm. And what he said next I, is kind of fitting into this theme of lessons learned. As he, as he goes, you talk to me in a room with my eyes closed. Why do we need power? <laughs> so, you know, call it the lesson of figuring out that maybe sometimes we overthink it. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I love that. I mean, well, you know, and I know that there are a lot of hypnotists out there who use a lot of extra things that really are unnecessary when they do their sessions. Like, for instance, they want the soothing music, and sometimes they use other other gadgets, you know, the blinky glasses, and uh, there, are, there are many other different things that they can use, but it doesn't really, it's not really necessary. Really, the only thing you need is you and a client. And the further away that you get from that, the more complicated you make it. And I don't think you make the hypnosis better or the hypnotherapy better. I always look at that environment. And, you know, even this week, there's um, it's something I'm curious about. I'm very much a gadget guy. Yet still, I always flash back to the phrase of what do you do when the power goes out? <laughs> and there's people that I, I know of who make use of that style of process that are extremely skilled hypnotists. And it's the fair statement that the ones that are coming to mind, I know people like you know Mark Carlin, James Hazelrig would put headphones on the clients as part of the process. And these are wonderfully skilled people. Mm-hmm. And the skill is still there even without it. So again, it's where to lean heavily on something we don't need. It's where building up that confidence in the process, you know, the brand new hypnotist who somehow forgot their scripts the day of the session. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, there's civil disobedience. We need to cancel the... No. <laughs> <laughs> to, to build up that confidence from the inside of this is what I need to do. This is what I need to create inside of the process. Well, I would suggest that both James and Mark could do quite fine without the headphones. I mean, I guess it's kind of cool. You can talk to them through the microphone and it reverberates in the, but I don't think they need it. And I think they do just fine without it. So then let's get to the topic of lessons and training. Is there something that comes to mind, a story perhaps of whether it was something that happened while you were training or something even inside of a training you attended that that still kind of sticks with you to this day? Mm, Good question. Over the years, well, let me, let me start with a, a brief story. I was talking with a very experienced hypnotist a couple of years ago, and she had just done a new edition of her best-selling book. And I asked her why uh, she did the new edition, and she said, because I don't believe any of that crap anymore. I wrote that book 20 years ago, and now my views on hypnosis are very different. And 
And I think that's the point I am in my career. There were things that I was told when I was coming up in hypnosis. Wait, how many years did I train with you? <laughs> oh, crap. That stuff I told you, yeah, I don't believe any of that stuff before anymore. But no, it's, uh, it's true. Now I'm questioning things and, and, and prodding and testing and that sort of thing and more testing than prodding. And uh, <laughs> it's, I think that uh, I think that as your as your career progresses, and I'm sure you you've experienced the same thing, you begin to question some of the things that you were taught. Like for instance, physicians and lawyers and accountants are notoriously difficult to hypnotize, and that holds water for a long time until you get your first physician who is a complete blowdown and absolute virtuoso somnambulist and and then you start to wonder you know maybe this is not true i mean it could be a physician or a lawyer or an, an accountant could be not the greatest subject but they might be the most wonderful subject so i think i think that as we get as we progress in our careers as you and i have we begin to doubt some of the things that we were told and some of the things that we believed and unfortunately that we taught people, but, but that's good. That's good because, um, because now we can, we can teach through experience. And I think the, what we're teaching now is, um, it's better stuff. Well, I mean, it's that filter of looking at it from, I love the phrase, the street smarts versus the book learning mm -hmm. that we, we can look at it on paper and explain, this is why it would work. This is why it should be effective. Of all things, it kind of brings about a bit of a metaphor that it's about, I think it's about March last year when I had to get the Virginia Hypnosis website rebuilt. And uh, at the time, Google was announcing that if your website is not mobile optimized, it's yes. going to be penalized. So right. the website was kind of out of date and I just needed to update the whole thing anyway. So I had a good reason to do it that month. And there's a moment that came out of this that there's something wonderfully hypnotic about what one of the designers said to me. There's a moment where I, I completely trashed the website. I crashed it. There was something that I tried to go in and fix, and it didn't work. And you have to admire when someone is coming at you from a place of ultimate, let's call it amusement, rather than criticism. Because instead of saying, why did you screw up the website? You hired me to fix this. It's instead him saying, I can't figure out why your website was actually loading in the first place. <laughs> every, every bit of code is wrong. Every bit of programming is out of date and incorrect and doesn't match up. I mean, you're using one style of HTML code with this form of CSS, and I'm going, what's that mean? And <laughs> it's more the amusement of, I can't figure out how you got this thing. I, I can't figure out how to make it work again because I can't figure out why it worked in the first place. <laughs> and, and that kind of rung true in almost a hypnotic standpoint that we, we don't always have to have the reason why. You know, as much as you and I are both you know, a proponents of hypnotic age regression, that the phrase that I keep coming back to, and this is a story I'm about to share that's, that's I'm sure come up on this podcast before, I think actually when she was on the program, yet our mutual friend Cheryl Elman was talking about how working with someone with phantom limb pain, there is a fascinating form of, of physical therapy where they set up a series of mirrors 
So it it fools the eye that you can look at the mirror reflection and suddenly it's as if you can see the missing limb. And somehow it tricks something in the neurology to then fill in the gaps and then that individual, the the pain is released almost immediately. Mm -hmm. And and she and I are talking about this and she, she says, but I don't know how to set up the mirrors. And somehow out of my mouth slips the phrase, why don't you just do hypnosis? <laughs> exactly. Which, which it's a mutual friend as well who was doing a stage hypnosis program. And people kept falling out of their chairs. And I, I loved the fear he expressed of, does this mean I'm too powerful of a hypnotist and maybe I shouldn't do shows? Oh. And the answer is, well, why don't you just do hypnosis? Why don't you just suggest the chair is there to support you completely? The body will safely remain in the chair. Exactly. And uh, and something I would like to add, and the chair is stuck to the floor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because I had an incident one time where a, uh, a subject was firmly stuck to that chair, but she picked that chair up with her butt <laughs> and moved that chair all around the stage. Not a good situation. So your butt is stuck to the chair, the chair stuck to the stage. Oh, one more thing. This is weird, but it reminds me of something that came up recently, and that is the uh, literalism of people on stage. I was doing a demonstration, uh, I believe it was in Chicago a couple of months ago, and uh, I, I was finishing the show or the demonstration, and I said to them, okay, now please, uh, please go take a, um, take a seat. Take, please go take your seat in the audience. And two of the people on stage, you know what's happening, two of the people on stage picked up their chairs and tried to take them back into the audience. The literalness of people that who are deeply hypnotized, it was, uh, it never ceases to amaze me. I forget who I first heard. I think it was William Mitchell that I heard tell this story, and then suddenly I had it happen as well. This, this She is a personal trainer and uh, someone who... You know, you don't have to tell this person to go exercise because she is teaching that body pump exercise class four uh-huh. or five times a day. And she's someone who, from the fitness side, tracks every calorie, eats the same foods. <laughs> and, and basically, as she's aged, the same methods are not working the same way they did before. Basically, just mm-hmm. let's just call it the metabolism is, has slowed down and there's mm-hmm. a few extra pounds in the body. And she comes in and it's where really do have to listen to the clients sometimes because they really do give you everything they need. Mm-hmm. You know, that sometimes weight loss is this emotional thing to have to address and all this extra baggage to have to release. But then sometimes just as the body changes, as the body ages, we just got to do things a little bit differently. And it really is sometimes just habits and behaviors. And in her case, the line was, without even thinking of it, I want to pick up my knife and fork, cut my meal in half and enjoy half. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And it's her husband who calls me up and says, she won't call you. I'm like, is everything all right? He goes, she cut the soup. <laughs> <laughs> so without even thinking of it, pick up the knife and fork, cut the meal in half and enjoy half. Exactly. Hey, it works. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow running the knife through soup was a wonderful hypnotic suggestion as well that solidified that she was in control of her behaviors from that point forward. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, you, you brought up the theme of you know revisiting some of the original thinking, revisiting some of the original knowledge. Is there something that perhaps stands out even from let's even just say a workshop, a seminar you've attended in the last couple of years that kind of stuck out as oh, that's another way to address it? Well, as you know, I, I do still do a lot of seminars and a lot of classes, so many things stick out and challenge me. And um, over the years, this is not fairly recent, but over the years, I, uh, I've begun to doubt the necessity of doing regression for everything every time. I used to be the biggest proponent of regression, uh, regress for everything. But sometimes it's not it's not appropriate and sometimes it's not necessary. And I would say I've gone from 90 percent regression to about. 50 or 40% regression. Yeah, I'd say about the same numbers here. Really? Okay. Yeah. And um, my... my. Um, well, before you, before you move on yeah. from that, let me ask you this. What's your, what's your filter? What's your deciding factor then in terms of when do you do it, when do you not do it? I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's similar to a medical sort of thing. I, I do something less invasive. And if I'm getting good results with something less invasive, say direct suggestion then that's fine. But if I'm not getting good results with it, then I, then I do the surgery and then I do mm -hmm. the, the regression work, age regression work. That's so a great that, way that's of, my, yeah. yeah, that's a great metaphor of it. Cause I can, I can point to many years ago, uh, before I got into better shape and got into better health consciousness, the, the, the line is I developed a bad habit where I kept spraining my back. And mm -hmm. there was one time that I sprained it so horribly, 4th of July, by uh, trying to drag a kiddie pool filled with water, um, <laughs> as is usually the uh, the case of most injuries. And yeah. I I'm there. It's the emergency room. It's the 4th of July. They are busy. And the doctor just walks in, and he, it, he was done with me in a minute because he goes, were you hit by anything? No. Did you fall down anything? No. Okay, well, this is a strategy I like to call di uh, diagnosing, diagnosing by process of elimination. I'm going <laughs> to give you pain pills, and it's going to make the next three days disappear. <laughs> <laughs> Pusher. And he goes, basically, if it's still a problem a week from now, then we'll explore it otherwise, but you're probably okay. Uh, uh -huh. which, which, again, is the same thing about if everything else is working, you know, there's not the need. Mm -hmm. If they're responding, you know, it's the place of only subconscious resistance, as I would deem it. Yeah, and and that's this is just one of the things that uh, that we've come to just through practice and seeing you know thousands of clients, mm -hmm. and um, it's it's nice to be able to um, let the students not make the same mistakes that we've made, and uh, they they will find their own way. Anyone that uh, that studied with you or with me, they they eventually will find their own way, but they're not going to get just the regurgitated wisdom of the ages. They're going to get um, the the knowledge from people who are are seeing lots of clients, have seen lots of clients, and uh, have tried a lot of things and failed. That's that's the the other thing. I mean, many of the organizations out there, you know, they they produce, and I don't want to say produce, they, uh, they certify trainers, which is good. And one of the things that they always do is they, they want their trainers to have been in practice for a significant amount of time because 
That's where you learn. You learn how to do hypnotherapy by seeing clients. Yes, you learn in school, and yes, it's wonderful to get really good instructors, but your real training ground is when you're out there seeing clients. And so that's why most of the organizations do not want to certify trainers who have not experienced working in a practice with real clients. There's a line that often wraps up some of the classes that I do these days, which is a playful bit of wordplay about. So it's the end of the class. This is really the beginning of a conversation as there's ongoing resources, there's ongoing communication you get as training with me. However, at this point, I'd like to inform you all, you've been duped. <laughs> you've all, you, you signed up for a training course, and yet really you've experienced education. The real training is what happens as you now go out there and you put this stuff into use. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I agree with that 100%. I, I share, to, to reference uh, another uh, person who's uh, about to be on this podcast, there, there's something that I had witnessed in a training in a workshop at a convention years ago that sticks with me. And it was a little out of the ordinary from styles that I had seen before. And it's actually to reference Tom Nicoli that mm -hmm. I, I saw him in doing a session demonstration one time where there was no recognizable format. There was no recognizable structure that here he was doing the induction and during the induction, pummeling away at hypnotic suggestion work. Here he was at a deepening process, doing a bit of a regression process inside of the deepener. And the biggest takeaway is that I'd say, and this has been a theme on this program many times over now, that there's an appreciation for learning the structure so we can then break the structure. Mm, yes, absolutely. Learning the rules of the work so we can then break the rules. Mm -hmm. And I've even heard you say about a, a classically oriented format, yet still bringing in modern tendencies, right? Yes. Yeah. So how would you say that, that sort of phrasing over the years uh, about... You know, whether it's been inside of training, whether it's been inside of working with clients about moments where you've found it to be absolutely clear, I need to break the format. I need to, I need to do it differently today, perhaps. <laughs> well, that usually doesn't come from training. That usually comes from clients. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, it's something that uh, that works really well three, four times in a row. And then you get that that client that's <laughs> progressing, you know, and uh but that's the benefit of going out and training more because you have all these things that you've learned. I mean, I have techniques that I use every three years. Honest to God, every yeah. three years, some this one technique comes up and I think, oh, this seems appropriate right here. And very often when, when I get that inspiration, it is appropriate there and it works really well. So... I mean, continuing education is essential, and I'm so grateful to all the trainers that that I got to experience over the years, and that I continue to experience. It's 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 amazing. I mean, this is it's pretty complicated stuff sometimes working with these people and helping them with their issues, and it's really cool to be able to reach back in the memory banks and say, you know, I saw that. I saw that uh, that presentation from Jason three years ago, and he mentioned this one thing, and by golly, that seems to fit here right now. 
and it does. So that's that's the advantage, or that's the um, that's why advanced training is is so good for a hypnotherapist. Which, as a reference, we've got our master hypnotist course coming up in March 2017, which is going to be Monday, March 13th till Saturday, March 18th, out in Las Vegas at the Orleans Hotel and Casino. You can learn more about that over at masterhypnotistcourse.com. So check that out, too. That's masterhypnotistcourse.com. I'd ask you this. It, it, you, you've had some time. I mean, you've been over in Germany for a couple of mm-hmm. years. I think when we first recorded, you were session one, session two of this podcast. Huh? Um, huh? I, I claim session one to myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, who, who beat me? Who beat... <laughs> session two is the first winner runner-up now. Oh, okay. Right. They're not in any particular order. So in terms of you know the time you've had in Germany, which, correct yeah. me on this, there's a licensing process in Germany, yet basically you kind of figured out that by the time you did it, you'd be back here in the States. Yeah. So you spent most of your time in research. As you're, yeah. now, as you're now opening up an office there in Georgia, as you're now uh-huh. going back into the process, there's a, there's a quote that uh, I keep coming back to that, of course, I keep butchering, and I'm sure I keep changing the basketball player's name because I don't follow basketball, so we'll just not even bother <laughs> saying the name. But it's a, it's a guy who's been playing professionally now for about 10 years, and his statement was he was drafted while he was in college, uh-huh. and now he's older, he's not as strong, he's not as fast, yet he goes, I'm playing smarter than I ever did before. Mm-hmm. So I would never get hired by this team that I'm on now, yet I know I'm playing better. Mm-hmm. So... If you kind of had to describe what you think is going to be different going into these sessions now, what what do you think that might be? Are you calling me old? Yes, I am. Okay. Yeah. I, that's, <laughs> I, I, can, I can deal with that. I just wanted to be clear. Yeah. I think that, <laughs> I think that in, the, uh, in the experiments that I did in Germany, I learned a lot. One of the things is, you know, one of the things that I'm really excited about is how to judge hypnotizability. Mm. How to look at someone, size them up, and say, this person is going to be very easy to hypnotize, or this person, I need to use something a little bit more clever because I'm seeing some things that um, I don't think so. You know, and, and so I did a lot of experiments on hypnotizability, which, I mean, are really good for, even for hypnotherapists, I mean, because when you learn the techniques that we're going to be teaching in Las Vegas, you should be able to hypnotize anybody. Mm-hmm. But but if you're out there building your practice and giving a talk to the uh, Lions Club or something, you need to be able to look at people and size them up and go, okay, if, if I want to sh- give them a show, if I want to show them the power of hypnosis, that lady right there, she's the one that I bring up for the demonstration. And of course, she'll be right. So my experiments in hypnotizability have really wow they they are very um very useful they're going to come in useful uh in a lot of things in my hypnotherapy in my talking to service clubs and in my keynote speaking those things are going to come way in in um really into um play so let me Um, ask you this because there's a clarification that might be in there that when many people hear the conversation of hypnotizability it comes down to let's call it a a binary issue. Will it work or will it not work? 
And uh. I, I think you're really addressing it as to what's what do I have that's there, and then how can I better work with this individual? Yeah, I mean, it's it's it depends on your situation, what you're doing. I mean, when you're in the clinic, we both know that the scientific studies and the studies that I've done in Germany pretty much uh, bear it out. There is no correlation between depth of trance and the ability to make a change. Yes. And so we've had people who... The flopper will still reject a suggestion. Exactly. But somebody who you think is just in a medium or rather light state, they, they lose lots of weight. They make the change. They stop smoking. They're, you know, so, so that's not the deal. But, but sometimes hypnotizability and depth of trance are important. And, and being able to, I mean, I've got a, a video, it's on YouTube, but I've got a lock on it, but I'll send it to you. I don't know, maybe we could share it with people. Mm-hmm. And, and I found someone in my, uh, in my committee and I just knew, I just knew. And when she drops into hypnosis in the chair safely, the crowd gasps. That's pretty cool. <laughs> when they see somebody drop into hypnosis and they gasp they know right then that, wow, that guy's pretty cool. I mean, not really, but that's what they <laughs> So I like that. <laughs> so, so anyway, so, so there are some advantages in that. Little things. I mean, there, there are so many things that I experimented with. Alcohol and hypnosis. Uh, caffeine and hypnosis. How many people have ever, um, who are running a hypnotherapy practice or stage hypnotists, and someone says, well, I drank some coffee. Is that going to be a problem? Well, I, I learned some things about that. And, and one of the things is that, no, it's not a problem. You'll go into hypnosis nicely, but you may not think you were in hypnosis very deeply. Hmm. And that could have an effect in therapy. It would be no problem at all on the stage or during a demonstration. However, in therapy, we want them to know that they were very deep in hypnosis. So even though they are, if they had two cups of coffee, they're not going to think they were, and that could have an effect on the therapy. That's just kind of like one of the little fine points uh, that we'll be bringing out in Vegas. Although, let me bring this up, and this is something I don't think I've ever talked about to anybody in hypnosis. So we um, stopped recording? <laughs> no, we'll keep it going. It's the experience, and this actually happened today. Last week, here's this woman that I'm working with. And she is leaving behind a career as we'll, we'll abbreviate it for obvious purposes. She's leaving behind a career uh, being the employee. She's now going out full time as a realtor, basically a independent contractor, self-employed. Mm-hmm. And we're working on a lot of confidence issues. We're working on a lot of, you know, standing up in front of a group of people and talking about what she does, mm-hmm. being more of the go-getter. And it's the interesting moment where it's our third session. And last time we were here, we did hypnotic age regression, and we released a whole bunch of stuff. And the week since then has been outstanding. I mean, the results are in motion. She's attended this event. She's signed up this many new potential clients. She's now showing houses to this couple that was on the fence that Mm -hmm. she kind of gave the, okay, let's do this or not, ultimatum to, and now they're taking action. So things are moving forward. Yet here's the perception because last week's session was more interactive, they have the perception that they were not as deeply hypnotized. 
Because session one was a lot of direct suggestion and a lot of imagery and a lot of deeper relaxation-based stuff. Mm -hmm. And by nature of that second session being interactive, which, if we want to get technical, required a deeper level of hypnotic trance to pull it off. Sure. However, the perception, because of the interactive nature of it, I wasn't as deep. Interesting. Have you run into that? Yeah, yeah. It's it's what we what we always want. Well, what I always want. <laughs> I disagree on this. What I always want is I want the person to think, "Wow, I was really zonked," yes. whether they were or whether they weren't, because it it just helps the outcome often in the in the session. Other than that, then then we have to look at changing the perception so that uh, sometimes you're going to be deeper, sometimes you're going to be lighter, but it's it's just part of the plan and uh, you're still going to get the outcome. I, I worked with a realtor years ago and what we did was we got his financial records or I he gave me his financial records <laughs> and, and we wanted to we wanted Those to measure. so easy to find online by the way, but that's another story. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but this was, this is years ago, so it wasn't as available. And we looked at his records and you know, he had this many this many calls and he had this many clients and he had this many showings and this many sales. And so it was very obvious. And I said, because it was so, you know, sometimes it's going to be different in the session, but look at the progress at the progress. And, and he had to admit my gosh, and he gave a great testimonial, <laughs> but my gosh, I'm making a lot more money. This stuff must really work. So, so yeah, it's, it's all about perception, but yeah, in general, we want them to feel really zonked. There's a there's a woman that I worked with, and understand this is not a this is not a criticism of the psychological profession. Mm -hmm. However, this is a criticism over the character type that got a college degree in psychology thirty or forty years ago, and then decided, yeah, I don't want to do this, and they went back to school, got a degree in something else, and they moved on. But clearly, they're still an expert in all things involving the mind. <laughs> yeah, which I've only had a, a few times, but it's one that now as it pops up, it's the, oh, buckle up, we're going there again. And <laughs> as we're working, she and I are doing weight loss. And she is a great example of someone that from the phone call, I'm thinking, oh, man, there's a lot of stuff under the surface on this one. I'm probably going to end up doing some sort of regression on this person. And I never went beyond direct suggestion with her. And yeah. she was she was losing weight and it was flying off. And easy and, and doing fantastic with it. So again, learning when and where, you know, we don't use every tool we have on every job. Yet Absolutely. she would sit there and the, the debrief and the recap of the previous session before jumping into the next one was always, um, you know, based on everything I've ever studied, there's no reason why anything you're doing should have any effect. <laughs> to, which, to which I just learned to smile and say, what did the scale say this morning? <laughs> and as if it was perfectly rehearsed, she'd shrug her right. shoulders, reach down, pull the level on the lever on the recliner, and just close her eyes and say, "Okay, let's just do it." <laughs> <laughs> Can't argue with success. Yeah, yeah. Well, awesome, awesome. Let me ask you this: If there's something that you're looking forward to, uh, let's say, continuing your own journey of inside of hypnosis. If there's some sort of mission statement you've got for moving forward. Let, so as we started this off as lessons we've learned by doing this, mm -hmm. let's phrase it as what's a lesson you'd like to refine or learn more of in the coming years? I want to, uh, I want to do more studies. Uh, I used to do a quarterly study, 
and I'm going to bring that back. The one that I'm thinking about, I, I want to copy one and then I'll, I'll branch out. I want to take a real estate agent, a uh, car salesman, and something else. I'm not sure what. And, and I want to work with them and I want to take their financial statements and, and I want to change them in three months and, and look at what I can do, how much money I can make them in that amount of time. I think that will be really fun. So that's, that's one I want to do. Yeah. There are more. I, I want to do some more, excuse me, with, with hypnotizability, of course, because that's, that's my passion. But, but I want to, I want to, I want to try new things like with this thing with the salespeople. I, I want to try new techniques with them and see which ones work so that, you know, I can put together a program that other people can try and see if it works for them too. I want to put together a process, but yeah, that's, I want to do my quarterly projects again because those, uh, I, I love it. It's, it's just so much fun. And I'd share there's a similar passion in terms of, let's call it measurable success, that one, one thing that fascinates me is that working with clients, there's another person who was here earlier this morning for uh, it was our second session, and, and I'm, I'm amused by the category that the measure of success is something not happening. So, <laughs> so in this scenario, we were dealing with a lot of nighttime snacking and a lot of extraneous mm -hmm. eating, and she's having to kind of sort through and realize, oh, wow, I've actually done really, really well this week. Mm -hmm. Because it wasn't the category of, oh, you wanted to exercise more and you've been five times. No, the, the measure of success was that she just kind of took care of things at home and wasn't distracted by having to eat extra things. Mm -hmm. So similar to that, you know, the measurable success, it's the, it's the passion, let's put it back towards the, the training, the imparting of knowledge that as we look at what a student receives as part of their educational experience to really motivate them to actually put this stuff into use, that there's so much knowledge that's out there. There's so much insight. There's so many experiences. And it just comes down to the styles of which how we, how we instruct with whether it's hypnosis, whether it's NLP, mm -hmm. so that people really integrate the information and really put into use rather than just the, oh, I've got another piece of paper. Oh, I've been through this other course. No, they're actually, we, we talk about hypnotizability is this heightened state of suggestibility, which mm -hmm. is that receptiveness to take the information and actually do something with it. Mm -hmm. So that conversion of knowledge into action, which is why I'm excited that you and I are doing this course in, in Vegas coming up, masterhypnotistcourse.com, that you've got a whole resume of people that are out there working and doing hypnosis and I've got similar as well and it's called the Captain America moment when our powers combine <laughs> <laughs> that was Wonder Twins powers wasn't it something like I <laughs> could screw up every cultural reference possible but the, the, there's heart behind it and that's what matters <laughs> no, we, can cut, we can cut that part out that's, that's good. <laughs> nah, leave it in leave it in it's more fun that way yeah well cool what do you what, what are your plans for Thanksgiving Let's see. Uh, we're uh, bringing Stephanie's mom down, and uh, we'll probably have have Thanksgiving. Well, the plan is we're having Thanksgiving at the boys' house, and uh, so so Steph will be cooking, and her mom will be here. So that'll be good. Boys have got a shovel out the house. 
I swear they they just destroy a house in like no time. <laughs> young young men, twenty six years old. Yeah, it's it's yeah. A three so and a, fi- a three and a five year old do the same thing. Claire and Max are. <laughs> Yeah, but that five-year-old is a really fast hypnotist. If anybody wants to look that up on YouTube, is that video still up? Yeah, I'll have to put that in the in the show notes for this one. I've got Claire doing I've got Claire doing an instant induction. I think at two years old. Yes, she was great. Where she says, there, <laughs> one, two, three, sleep." <laughs> now she does say, "Wake up," which um, oh, we're, well. we're technically not supposed to, but uh, we'll let her get away with it. Well, I, I, yeah, I think so. I mean, she's yeah. She can get away with that. <laughs> See, we pull off the double Thanksgiving that we do the uh, we do the Thanksgiving, then we do the Friendsgiving that we've got so many uh, friends that are back in the area, which by a fluke of scheduling this year, we're hosting both. So um, it'll be Thursday, cook and prep, Friday, rest, so- Saturday, cook and prep, but good times around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll be nice. Well, awesome. Uh, thanks for making some time available for this one. And I'd point everyone over to check out masterhypnotistcourse.com. If you haven't been to that site, check out those videos just to, to share some of the uh, technical fun behind that. Uh, we shot all those videos while Sean was still over in Germany. So the wonders of having two cameras running, we were connected via Skype, and it basically took... I've got a full-time video editor for everything over at Work Smart Hypnosis, and it took Jan about two weeks to, to sort through those of how do we splice it all together in a way that actually makes sense. He did a great <laughs> job. Really, it really looks good. He did a fantastic job that you get the actual feel of how we did it live. But again, we're a couple of hours in the cutting room floor, so maybe we can pull some B-sides out as well. <laughs> Sounds good. Awesome. All right, my friend. I'll see you all soon. Right, you take care. Give my love to the family. All right, I'll see you. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com. Jason Lynette here once again, and as always, thank you for interacting with this program. Thank you for sharing your feedback, whether it's online, on iTunes, or in person. I got to share the biggest thrill out of all of this is the fact that I can go to a hypnosis convention and there'll be people that I don't know, and you'll walk up to me and say, hey, your session on this really helped me out. Hey, your insights on this specific technique really were effective for me. That's really changed my process. I never get tired of hearing that. So share your feedback online on Facebook, on iTunes, or anywhere you choose. And again, once again, head over to masterhypnotistcourse.com to register for the class out in Las Vegas with myself as well as Sean Michael Andrews. Get registered, get trained and certified as a master hypnotist. Plus, you can also qualify for the NGH certification as well and once again enter the promo code thanksgiving type that in in all caps all one word and that'll knock 10 percent off your registration thanks so much happy holidays happy thanksgiving happy november 24th or really as is the nature with podcast happy whatever day you end up actually listening to this thing see you next time